When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why did my f facing Floyd Mayweather in the f Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. For good times, the best times, you can't go Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Hello and welcome to another episode of Before My Time. I am your host, Gelsey Laurie, where I open up subjects that I am obsessed with that happen, well, you guessed it, before my time. Today I have a very, very special guest that I'm excited to have on. It is none other than my own sister, Giselle. She is a former dancer like I was. She has performed on multiple cruise ships around the world with different Disney parks, including Disneyland, Disney World in Florida, and Tokyo Disney, and now resides with her husband and two beautiful children. We are going to talk about Grease, the movie. Buckle your seatbelts, because it's going to get wild. Okay, Giselle, this is super fun for me because I've had a few guests on, but you're my sister, dude. So dude, welcome to my podcast. Dude. And welcome to me. Your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. Um, everyone will soon find out that my sister and I are very close and that we share a brain. So this is going to be fun. It's the same one. It is the same one. So we are diving straight into Greece. And mm -hmm. I originally came to you and I was like, what do you want to talk about? You got to be on my podcast because we have so much. But this was just such an obvious pick for us yeah. because as kids, we watched it. You can't watch Greece too much. No, no, it's impossible. It is impossible. Like, 
I, so we did a good job, actually. Yes. I think we could have gotten Five a couple more stars. watches in. Five gold stars. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to give a little rundown of Greece. Um, for those of you who don't know what the actual hell is the wrong with you. Like, who doesn't know Greece? Who doesn't know Greece? Greece? I know. But you know what? Maybe people haven't seen it. And But it is an American musical romantic comedy, which is the best <laughs> combination of genres ever. And it was who released. Calls it, who calls it a romantic comedy? <laughs> it's a rom-com. You know, you don't think they're going to get together. You chuckle. And in the end, they do. I think it's like the epitome. Oh, a it's yeah, an American musical romantic comedy. Okay. Yeah. And it was released in 1978. It follows a bunch of teenagers that are somewhat of a hooligans, let's say. And it follows two unlikely characters, Danny Zuko, who is a greaser, and Sandy, who is an exchange student, all around goody good girl who fall in love and otherwise shouldn't. It was released in 1978 and was actually based off of the stage musical, which was started in 1971. Cool. Before my time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're catching on, Giselle. You're catching on. Gosh, I have so many facts here, but I think we should just start diving into why we love this movie so much. So what? why do you love Grease so much? Why do I love Grease so much? Because it's kind of dumb. Okay. Oh, no. Honestly, I love it because the music. The music, every single song is catchy. It is a bop right like every single thing yeah I remember being really little going to like I don't know was it a wedding or a bar mitzvah or something and always every time we go and it'd be like the same songs like YMCA is always playing at a reception right and then there was like the summer nights mega mix and it was it's every DJ in the 90s played like the grease mega mix yes why this car is automatic, systematic, hydromatic. Why it's greased lightning? That is honestly, I feel like the start of why I was like, okay, like I know this because of all of the parties our parents would schlep us to, or like, but in, you know what I mean? Like, but actually, totally. We went to a lot yeah. of parties as kids. <laughs> I know why, but like, that is exactly where that starts for me personally. Yeah. I think I, I mean, obviously I'm going to say the same for me because yeah, we were there. Raised, yeah, I was there. <laughs> and then I feel like it was one of those movies that we always just had. Like, I don't remember the first time we watched it because it was no. just always there. Yeah, I don't remember the first time. The first time. When was the first time? I don't freaking know. know. (laughs) Okay, so this is a good place to start because you mentioned the music. So the songs, there were three songs that were written specifically for the movie. And it was... Grease, the opening song that Frankie Valli sings. Grease is the word. Yes. Hopelessly devoted to you, which actually they filmed, I believe, after they technically rapped, but it wasn't, it was not even written until like halfway through filming. And it was kind of a last minute, like, oh, let's just make this ballad. And it ended up becoming um, an Oscar nominated song. Yeah. Thank God they did. I know. Right. Like what, like what a great ballad. She stares into that pool and his reflection. Yeah. It's the best. Do you remember that time? Sorry, we're going to totally go off. Remember that time we just finished watching Grease and we were on the couch and I used your foot as a microphone and I was <laughs> blasting and belting, hopelessly devoted to you. God, it was like six years old or seven. Yeah, Good times. You, you really leaned into my ankle. I did. I was giving it all my soul. Um, and get this, the song they wrote for the movie was You're the One That I Want. That is not- Shut up. I know. That is not in the original Broadway show, which- 
boo. Like I never want to see it on Broadway now. No, I'm just yeah. Well, the, I know the last, I think, revival they did, they added in the songs that were written for the movie because everybody fucking wants to hear you're the one. That, like, if you go to Greece and don't hear those three songs. So, okay, put a pin in that real fast. Talking about the music and like, oh, song was written for it. Okay, so do you remember when I used to dance on my first cruise ship, right? And I yes. did like Adrian Zamed in concert, which by the way, he, because he was in the movie Grease 2. Grease 2. He played mm-hmm. like the bad boy T-Bird in that one. So he always had this line in that show that was like a little factoid that I now know a fun fact about Share it. Share it. Okay. So he would always say a lot of the songs in the movie Grease were designed and written after, based after popular songs in that time. So like the song, look at me, I'm Sandra D. It starts off, bum, ba, da, da, bum, ba, da. what does that sound like? Elvis and the Chipmunks. Yes, it was I after. I didn't know that. I know, mind blown. I oh my God. Wait, why have you never told me this before? I'm pissed. Because I just thought of it right we now. We talk every day and you never, uh. I only put things together like random. You know how okay. my brain is like a squirrel. I just go, Whoa, and put it together. Oh, great. I'm going to give you, you some what? squirrel, some squirrel facts right now. So Please. now that you just mentioned Sandra D, here's <sighs> a little fun fact about that song. So originally, the lyrics were going to be about um, a guy named Selmanio. I don't even know who that was. I had to Google him. I guess he was a heartthrob of the time. Yeah. Instead of singing about Elvis, it was going to be like, Selmanio, let me be or whatever. Yeah. But he was yeah. murdered. He was oh. murdered in 1976 and the movie was made shortly after. And they were like, ooh, we can't do that. So they changed it to Elvis. The day they filmed Look at Me, I'm Sandra D is the day Elvis died. Isn't that crazy? And Elvis was actually originally supposed to be the teen angel that Frankie Avalon then came in and did. That is so... Isn't that crazy? I know I read that and I was like, what? Well, wait so, and just be a buzzkill. I know. Mean? Sorry. <laughs> Some people could be so touchy. Oh <laughs> <laughs> my God. <laughs> I feel like this is such a highly talked about point of Greece, but let's talk about all the adults that are playing teenagers. Oh my gosh. Okay. That happens so much. I feel like in movie musicals, there are a handful that aren't, I I will say Disney's made for TV high school musical was well casted (laughs) because it's, they're actually teenagers, but like these people, like they have, they definitely are using like retinoids for their night care routine. Well, actually they, a lot of the close-ups on some of the actors, they would use a softer focus on the older Mm -hmm. actors. So their lines, but they did have something called a crow's feet test for their final sunny. Yeah. For their final screen test, they would have to pass the crow's feet test, which they all surprisingly did pass. So God, were their people worse? I know. And then they would do- We had to get the class. Like, Dee Dee Khan was Frenchie. She was 26. So she Mm. was kind of in the mid range. We're we're older than that now. I know. I know. The youngest was Kelly Ward, who played Putsy, the blonde Mm -hmm. T-bird. He was 20. And so he's the baby of the group. And then the oldest- was Rizzo Stockard Channing, and she was 33. Yeah, she looks like she's been smoking for 30 years. Like, she's yeah. like, of course. Yeah. Oh, she's so, so good in that movie, though. She's I, so great. You know who auditioned to play that part, though, was um Lucy Arnaz. Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's daughter auditioned, and she was being highly considered for it. But then Lucille Ball was like, no, you're not going to be in a film about teenage delinquents. And so she good. didn't get it. I'm so glad that that was the decision because Stucker Channing's perfect. She's just perfection. She's just got those like cheeks and the the short hair that's always just like she just had sex. Like it's just like it's, she's she is Rizzo. She, she is, is Rizzo. Rizzo. And okay, another great. So her hickey from Kanicki's 
all of those in the movies, they were real. Oh, I know. I knew that. You knew that Jeff Conaway, who played Kanicki, was like, I'm just going to give you real hickeys. And she was like, okay. I have a talking point for you. Like, okay. So what are some of the things that, okay, we were children, like very young when we saw this. And there are a lot of things that are kind of adult content. So now being a mom, like, I'm like, oh yeah, you just, things go over your head, right? What things did you not know? Like, like, okay, for example, I'll start, you know, the part where she's like, they're all at Frosty's diner, right? Yes. And all of the people are there and they crash their, um, their Danny and Sandy's date. Right. And she's like, oh, I've got so many hickeys. You people will think I'm a leper. I used to think she said a leopard. Leopard, me too. And I yes. didn't know what a hickey was. I, I, I exactly. So did not so, know what that was. So I already have yours. Okay, you already know what mine is. Yes, your big one that we used to always make fun of. Oh, oh my gosh, no. I was going for the (laughs) obvious one, but yeah. She says, nobody's jugs are bigger than a net. Yeah. Nobody's jugs are bigger than a net. I thought he said, nobody's jugs are bigger than their necks. Like their boobs were so big that they like came up above their neck. I thought that for years. I think I was like way too old once we were talking about it one time. And I was like, wait, who's a net? And now I do know who Annette is, um, Annette from the Mouseketeers, who also was Frankie and Annette. They were the typical duo, beach blanket, bingo, ski party, pajama party. They were a very famous 1960s couple. And that's Frankie Avalon is who does uh, beauty school dropout. So yeah. that's a fun little crossover. But yeah, I, I did not know that. The car scene though, the car scene when, when Kanicki and Rizzo are getting it on. I was today years old. When I realized Annette was a real, a real person. So. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure you, you just found out. Well, that is the lovely thing about this podcast is you learn new facts and the more, you know, better life. I'm well, teaching people yeah. important things, Giselle, so you can win trivia. And I'm, I'm like, here explain to- what? Explain what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, um, okay, cool. Although I used to love, okay, I'm re- constantly pivoting. I used to love quoting so many parts, but like that specific, like when the pink ladies first get together for their lunch, she's like, oh, double doo one of my diamonds just fell on the macaroni. I'm like, do you like my new glasses? Don't you think they make me look smarter? Nah, so see your face. I used to, I mean, love that. I, it's uh, it's great. Wait, real quick though, going back to your <laughs> your question, I gotta reel you in here, Giselle. Always. Things that went over my head: the car scene, Rizzo and Kaniki hooking up, and he gets out the condom. Yeah, what's a condom when you're a six year old kid? Right? I had no Ooh. idea. I didn't even know. And she, yeah, he's like, it broke, and I was like, what broke? Oh, I know. Oh, and he's so like, I got it when cool. I was in the eighth grade or whatever. And I'm like, got what? And I, I didn't, I didn't even know, and I didn't understand. Yeah, that she was pregnant, and that all like went crazy over. But um, speaking of condoms, I learned, I was today years old when I learned this. So I know, great, great start of a sentence. (laughs) Speaking of condoms, in Grease Lightning, you know how they, during their dance, they run with the cellophane and he like rubs it against his crotch. Well, that's a bit of a nod to back in the 50s when kids didn't have condoms or in lieu of a condom sometimes would use cellophane wrap. You can't do that. It's not that's not good. Hey kid, hey kids listening in, don't do that. It doesn't work. Oh my god. But that's kind of was like their little nod to that. I just always thought it was gross because he was like rubbing his pee pee all over it. And I was like, ew, because I was yeah. a child. <laughs> so that song actually was supposed to be in the original show. That's sang by Kanicki. 
but John Travolta, he was a bit of a diva on this set. Just slightly kind of wanted things his way. John Travolta, we love you. We do love you, John Travolta. I like absolutely love you. But I mean, I just, I read it on the internet, John. You can't blame me. It's out there. I'm just quoting. But he wanted the song. So Jeff Conaway did not get it. But Jeff Conaway played Danny Zuko on Broadway years before in Greece. <gasps> I know. What? But Isn't he's that- such a Kanicki. He's such a Kanicki. I'd love to see him. And and John Travolta played duty in a touring show of Greece. So they had worked together before in a cast. So they were completely different roles. But I thought that was fun. Olivia Newton-John was requested by John Travolta kind of recommended that she play Sandy because – there were other people in consideration. It was Carrie Fisher was very high in consideration. Anne Margaret and Marie Osmond were all um, on the table. But Oh, God, I can't with Anne Margaret. It'd be I- a different movie. She wasn't supposed to be Australian. They wrote that in because Olivia Newton-John couldn't do an American accent. So they were like, let's just make her Australian. Because <laughs> why not? Right. I'm laughing, but it works so well. It does. It makes I, her like perfect. super cute. Yes. Are you ready for a question? I am. Okay. So who's your favorite pink lady besides off like the, the two main leads, but like, who's your favorite pink lady? Okay. That's the real question. And I already know, you know, but everyone out there, Marty, Marty is my all time favorite pink lady. I relate I, to her the most. She's yeah. crazy. She always like, likes to find the older men and not the little boys in school. And that was always me. I love Marty so much. I'm torn between Jan and Frenchie. You're a Jan. I'm Not you're, always... but you've always loved Jan. <laughs> Are you calling me fat? No, I know. I I always, every time that stupid toothpaste commercial on TV, on their TV, would come on, I'd be like, fresh, 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 So that's Jamie Donnelly. She was 30 years old, and she was the only original Broadway cast member to reprise her role. <gasps> So she was Jan, but she had to dye her hair for the movie because she was prematurely going gray. Oh my gosh. And they put her hair in pigtails to kind of try to go more youthful and be like, she's not 30, she's 18. Yeah, but I can't even imagine anyone else playing any of the casted roles. I know. Eugene! Like, I (laughs) you know, like everyone. Mr. Varietti, yes ma'am, no ma'am. Hey, Eugene! Oh my gosh, I... And okay, and what about your favorite T-Bird? Because I really mm. like Duty. I do like Duty too. He's like, he's kind of like that peewee type, like gunk, like, <laughs> like kind of like. Yeah, there's something about Patsy that's really endearing. Sunny, I don't like. No, <laughs> he annoys me. Because I always think that he, they're like, hey, when he's eating his sandwich, the sunglasses, and I always feel like he's like, yeah, nothing hanging around you, Sonny, but the flies. I always am like, always pictured him with flies around, like pig pen from the peanuts. Like, I always imagine that. So ever since I associated flies with him, I'm like, he's got flies. I can't like him. Like, <laughs> can't, well, you can't be around a guy with flies. <laughs> no, exactly. Do you remember the time that we first realized that? The pink ladies have a cameo in Beauty School Dropout. Yes. Because I feel like we were watching it at the same time and we were like, pause it. Pause the VHS. We're like, it's Rizzo and Marty. Yeah, and then Jan's in there too, but you just can't even really find her. I always forget about her. She's not as apparent. Yeah, Rizzo and Marty are like the main two 
chorus girls in beauty school dropout, which I feel like I've told friends that before. And they're like, yeah, duh. And I'm like, why isn't this as exciting to anyone else? I know. But you and I, anytime I bring it up, it's like, oh my God, I know. And they had to line for beauty school dropout. Frankie was scared of heights. And so they had, they almost cut that number because of that, but they had to line those stairs with mattresses. So he felt more comfortable. <laughs> what a diva. People are really scared of heights. Side note, my four-year-old son, Duke, is afraid of hikes. He goes, daddy, are you afraid of hikes? Because he got the two words mixed up. So that's really cute. Anyway, hikes. Sometimes yeah. I'm scared of hikes too. So he's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, daddy, I'm so scared of hikes. Okay. So we have to address our elephant in the room, you know what I'm talking about, the trip that really made us bond over yeah. this movie. Yeah, the trip. I was probably seven or eight. I was like, going to say I was nine. I oh. was, or maybe I was 11. Oh, God. <laughs> we're getting old. But we, we took a trip to the Midwest where our mom's from, and we had about a three-day road trip worth. We kind of drove around and saw different historical sites. We were going to be in the car for a really long time. And yeah, we brought... Fun. Like a car TV because TVs weren't, they didn't exist yet, like on in the car installed already. You age us. You had to, oh yeah, I'm going there. You had to, we had one that like hooked into the car plug where you could light cigarettes from. That was the charger. (laughs) Oh yeah. And then it strapped around. It strapped around the back. Of the passenger, the passenger seat and the driver's seat. Yeah. So we'd be in between you guys. Okay. No, no, no. But seriously, this screen was the size of your iPhone. Yeah. Like there was a, and it had a VHS player with it. And the VHS player was like four times the size of the screen. (laughs) And so we brought that, we flew with it because mom was like, these girls are going to go crazy in the car. They need to have something. So we went to grandma and grandpa's house first. They had all these movies and mom's like, okay, girls, pick your movies from here. And that'll be good. We got to pick movies and movies, plural. Mom was like, get multiple. And we got Grease. We're like, cool, we're good. Mom's like, do you want to get anything else? Like, we've got literally days in the car. We're like, nope, we're good. Just Grease. And we watched Grease over and over for three days straight. Like, the minute it would stop, we would stop, rewind, wait for it to rewind, replay. Okay, so you know that feeling you get when you watch a movie and it's like, oh my God, you, you're you elated. You have extreme happiness and your heart pounds a little, kind of like when you're in love or when you like, or like have a crush on someone, you're just like, oh, this is it, this is it. Every time we would hit a high moment in that, in that that on that ride in the movie, I felt that. And especially when she first shows up smoking hot at the end and they're like, put your cigarette out and then step on it. And like when she, and he starts to like take that Letterman sweater off and swirl it around. I remember my heart was pounding because the music and it was every time it brought us, brought me there every time, every 28 times we watched that in a row. I remember being like, here it fucking comes. Like- yeah, I do. I remember like we would like kind of hit each other too and be like, it's about to happen. She's like, we know it's about to happen. And we're like, here she comes. Hot Sandy. Um, She had to be sewn into those pants. They're so I- tight. Yeah. Okay. But we knew that, didn't we? Because of that was like part of the VHS was we'd watch like the, the commentary. After no, there was no commentary before. on the VHS. No, there was. On that one, there was because it was that. still already like, oh, yeah. Our mom grew up on this movie. It was like before, like they had like a little interview or something oh, attached yeah. to it. Weird. don't remember that, but whatever. Actually, it was kind of weird. I had to be sewn into those parts because they were from really the 60s. Ha 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 You're like, oh, cool. Fun fact. Thanks, Olivia. <laughs> okay, wait. 
the fucking swine car at the end. Why? Yeah, I know. I know. And I tried to like figure out how we're going to come to that. And it's, I read this theory online and the director definitely was like this person. They said this person who came up with this theory is on acid, but their theory is that when he's talking about Sandy drowning in the beginning or, you know, in seven nights and he's like, saved her from drowning is that she is drowning. And while she's losing her oxygen, she goes into like a fantasy coma of this love fling with this man who's trying to come run out and save her and imagines and fantasizes a whole perfect year at high school with him. And then (laughs) the coma is when he's actually trying to save her. And then that's her dying. And (laughs) this is like a legit someone's theory. And the director is like, no, you're stupid. Like this isn't the sixth sense. You don't have to make a connection to everything. It's just a bad, shitty, cheesy ending that they decided to make the car fly. Oh, and they do that like, they do that like roll off, like with like all of like the yearbooks. And it's like, here they come running down. And then the... No, like it would have been so much more effective had it been just the car that they won the drag race in and that's it. And just running off by itself. That would have been a cooler ending and then fucking flying into the clouds. Like, you know, special effects were new and they wanted to get in some cool special effects. They're like, we have to compete with Star Wars and we need to make this. They they weren't satisfied enough with that shimmy side to side in the fun house. (laughs) I do love that. That's so satisfying. And that only took them one afternoon. That only took them an afternoon to film that, which you would think it would be a longer ordeal, but they got that really quick. What they didn't get quick was the school dance. It took two weeks to film the school dance and temperatures in the gym got over a hundred degrees. I think they clocked 116 and um, multiple extras had heat induced injuries or strokes or whatever. And Sonny, um, the actor who plays Sonny had to be taken to the ER after filming from fainting. I have done shows where people have fainted outdoor shows in the theater in the wings and it's, they it's fun i'm off and you're like well there goes that guy all right <laughs> it's oh, true don't worry about it singing and dancing is fun like, <laughs> it's like, I, have, I am the uh queen of heat strokes or heat exhaustion boy. i have oh. passed out so many times in my life and one was in a rehearsal for a show in florida in a warehouse in august and they didn't believe in air conditioning Ew. And we danced for like eight hours. And they're like, okay, take a little water break, girls. You're going to do your trapeze act. And I turned and took two steps. And I was like, bam, on the floor. <sighs> like, Just kidding. Two weeks, though? God, that... Two weeks. Oh, that's another one of those high moments that you and I would just... At the gym. I know. Love. Okay, I have a question. You know the part where uh, Patty Simcox is like, that wasn't supposed to happen. And like the decorations yes. fall. Am I making it up that the decorations really weren't supposed to fall? I don't, you know, you were saying this and I didn't see that, but it it sounds really familiar that that really did happen on accident. And that was just her response. And they were like, perfect character or something. Yeah. I feel like that, that's right. I know I'm going to have to Google it after. I know I didn't. (sighs) Things used to never be like this. We would, let's say, watch, be watching Grease or something with mom and dad growing up and they would just argue and bicker about a fact yes he did this the actor no he didn't yes he did and that's what we would be hearing in the commentary as we're trying to watch our favorite movie but now it's a battle of who can google it the fucking fastest oh yeah i hate the google battle oh my gosh i'm like just who cares like just watch the movie just watch it okay so the director of this was randall kleeser i uh, randall i'm 
really apologize if I'm saying your last name wrong. Cool story. (laughs) um, Yeah. He made this on a $6 million budget. He was a freshman at USC. While he was a freshman, he lived in the house that George Lucas was renting out and was in George Lucas's student film Freight. But he, uh, in 1976, directed The Boy in the Plastic Bubble with John Travolta. And that's actually how he came on the project because Travolta recommended him for Greece. There is only one bubble boy. I know, I know. <laughs> I love that. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I love Jake Gyllenhaal and I love Bubble Boy. But Randall Kleeser also, you're going to love this. He directed Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. And then he also directed the Disney loved attraction, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience in 1995. Get out. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I f- facing Floyd Mayweather in the f- what? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. I know. So, so honey, I shrunk the audience and Greece are basically the same thing is what I'm saying. You actually left me speechless. I talk so much. I could just go, cool, blah, 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 blah. I do not know what to say to that because that is a really cool fact. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Well, on that note, if you have nothing to say, I have this to say. It was the highest grossing musical film ever of the time. So I don't know what's beaten it now. I should have looked that up. I hope but it's of the stupid. time. What were the like, other? At that time, like nothing uh, until that time, it topped all the, high, the highest grossing musical. Do you, it like, was the topper. Well, that's incredible. It, <laughs> yeah, like it. Nothing had ever outsold it. No, that's what I mean. The cake dancer died inside the cake. They were the top. What? <laughs> what? Matt, cut that out. <laughs> well, I'm trying to find out what the highest grossing musical was. Thank you. But these numbers are all janky because I feel like the Disney ones shouldn't count. Like it says like <laughs> the new Lion King is the highest grossing movie musical of all time. No, and I feel like that's count. cheating. Yeah, like it's, so all, it's, like, it's animated. It's yeah, no. like the top ten of the top ten, nine of them are animated, and then one is <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. Like I feel like if you're but if you're eliminating if you're eliminating biopics and animated stuff, then Mamma Mia is the highest grossing movie musical of all time as of right now. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. We Yossi love Mamma Mia. I, love Mama Mia. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Oh, it's, it's a forgive. Okay, we are not going on a Mamma Mia rant. Forget because Sophia's choice, but it didn't happen before our time. It did not happen before our but time. Abba so. did. Oh, Abba did happen Abba before dudes. our time. Abba dudes. We started a band actually called the Abba dudes. We would record <gasps> ourselves on GarageBand singing abba but then make our voices really low <laughs> we called ourselves the abba dudes hello this is mr McAllister, the father like that was yeah. us and on the music note the soundtrack to greece was the second best-selling album of 1978 and forever and forever you know what beat it out though <laughs> saturday night fever was the best-selling which so john travolta was like <sighs> i am golden but saturday night fever is Oh God! They're the music's so great, but it's, yeah, well, I think yeah horrible, is- horrible movie. Amazing music. So let's talk about the slight connection we have to Greece, but we didn't know this when we were watching it. So 
real quick, Rydell High was filmed at three venues, three high schools. The exterior was filmed at Venice High. The interior was filmed at Huntington Park High School. And the field was filmed at John Marshall High School, all Southern California high schools. And our father went to Venice High. So dad went to Rydell High. So I love when we watch the movie and it's like the exterior. I'm like, dad, did you hang up by that bush? Is that the side (laughs) of the building you would walk around? Did you ditch school and go over there? And he's like, no, I don't know. (laughs) Every time. Every Every time. time. It's his school. I've seen his yearbook and it's really cool to open it up. And I'm like, it's Rydell. That used to be, okay, so you know when you're awkward and impressionable as a child? That I used still to am. Be, that used to be one of my opener, like, openers. Like, I'd be like, hi, what's your name? Oh, Sarah, I'm Giselle. Did you know that my dad went to the high school where Grease was filmed? God. Giselle, that's no. still me at bars. Literally, <laughs> like, when I go meet new people, I just drop random facts, especially if I've had a drink. Oh, my God. I start talking about stuff and I'm like, what am I doing? Especially if I'm trying to like talk to a guy or like the next morning, I'm like, cool. Y'all see, I'm, I'm married and I still try to do that to my husband. And he just pats me on the shoulder and goes, you know, you're cute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, kids know to educate. Yeah, exactly. Did you know, I didn't really know like as a kid, why it was called grease and it's, uh, you know, for the 1950s penchant for greasy hair engines and food. I want to say I was not aware of that. I know. Right? right. Cause I just figured like, Oh, grease. And you hear grease lightning and you're like, whatever, it's just grease, but it's, it's grease. It's, it's because of like, yeah, it's like the 1950s, you know, we all know greasers, but it's also for their engines and greasy so food. I never, I never understood as a kid going circling all the way our loop de loop to the reverse daisy chain back to one of our original topics. When things that you didn't understand as a kid, I did not know what pink slips were. I was like, why are they f- pink slips? Like you're going to detention? Like they don't want detention? Like I just did not understand what they were racing for, and then I didn't get that. Kaniki was like hit on the head, couldn't drive. Like I didn't understand. It's a I concussion, that, Giselle. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, am I gonna do, get in trouble for not even mentioning this? If you guys no, don't know, I'm still recovering from a concussion. I'm doing a lot better, <laughs> but I do have post concussion syndrome, and I have a lot of PTSD. So yeah, and I am constantly bringing up the worst topics ever. You guys, like, no, no, no. But every time I'm like, hey, did you know this pipe hit the head? Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were legit on Facetime the other day, and my. Your son, who's my nephew, is like six months old, and he, you're like, look, he sits up, and he can't really, and his head's huge, and so he just like slowly leans over and like falls over and hits his head on the floor, and I was like, I'm gonna throw up, like I got so nauseous after his head. I did have to hang up. I was like, I can't right now. Well, did you know that in the filming of Grease, a cameraman actually got his head hit. By what? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm, I was like, gosh. what? Why did I not I'm see that? Oh my gosh. I know. I'm I joking. Like, such I'm full joking. of shit. I'm um, totally but <laughs> bad things that did happen on the set when they are racing yeah. in the LA River that has no water, there was stagnant water that they were constantly in, and a bunch of the cast got really sick from it. Ew. Why? Yeah, they got. Because they were just drinking it? Like, why? No, Ew. even just getting splashed by it and just being like, it's sure. stagnant water is really bad. It can be full of bad bacteria that can make you very ill. Yeah, tell mom and dad to get that water fountain pumping in the backyard because I feel like every time I'm there and I'm visiting home, so it's like a mosquito breeding ground. Yeah, okay, just letting you know. Good, dad, moving on. Dad's listening. Dad, hey. But uh, on the topic too of You're My Sister, guess whose sister was in the film and had a small cameo? I don't know who. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh-huh. quoting quoting perfect quoting quote. Greece <laughs> quoting Greece uh John Travolta's sister she was Ooh. one of the waitresses at the diner when they're watching the broadcast of the dance at the gym she's the one that goes oh there's Danny and and Sandy as John Travolta's sister well that's just darling I know have how much on a scale of one to yep I agree with you have you wanted to eat that burger that they eat at the diner because oh, that Kaneki every- takes like a big bite out of. Oh, like, ah, you're a pig. Yeah, I love a one that talk dirty. I I just I really want, want that burger right now. It sounds so good, but it just the way that it flops in his big old hands, and I'm just like that. Just looks exactly like it's supposed to look. I want that. You know who I always feel bad for in the movie is yes, La Bamba. What's his freaking name? The guy, the athlete. It's Tom. Dead Tom. Old Tom. Real old Tom. I always feel bad for him. Yeah, because he's just like, he just, he's actually the guy, he's like the guy you want to marry. Yeah. Not the guy you want to date. He's super nice and he takes Sandy out to the diner for a little date. And he's probably already asked her to the dance and then he's like, do you have a date for the dance? She's like, that depends. And I'm like, well, did Tom ask you already? Because that's not very nice. Well, and poor thing. Like, she's like, can I change the song? I don't have any money. Oh, God. Get, I mean, but that was the yeah. sign of the times, right? Yeah, I mean, that I'm okay with. It's just more – and then all of a sudden Danny just – okay, because we love when he goes to gym class. It's <laughs> like we one of it. our favorite parts. I know, and he has to – I always thought that he just looked like such a sausage, like in his like – in his like – his sweats, his crew neck sweats. But now I saw I, – I want that. I like that look now. I'm like, I want crew neck sweats. <laughs> so comfy. Oh my gosh. And a high the shorts that he wears when he plays basketball and he tucks his shirt in or something, right? And it's oh, like yeah. whoa, boy up to his rib cage. First you gotta change. Well, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. gonna do is change. I mean your clothes. Okay. We haven't talked about the assistant principal. Oh my gosh, how could I forget about her? If it was a snake, it wouldn't have bit me. She's like, good. Glad these were the schedules for last semester. Now maybe next semester you can find the ones for this semester. Like she just, and then she's like, oh, we're just so frazzled. And I love how Carrie, they're just so authentic, right? They're such good actors. When she gets so carried away in that stupid, like, boom, 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 double, doubles it up. And she just, and then the other one gets so annoyed in the way that I get annoyed with my children now. I'm like, just stop, please stop. That's when I hang up the phone. Oh, I have never seen anyone hang up faster than you when I hear a duke go, like, it's like dumb and dumber, right? It's like one of your most annoying sound in the world. It's like, yep, how could I, I look exactly? I kids. Yeah, I think Greece is the first time I knew what, uh, learned what mooning was. Yeah. I used to think that it was like when you showed the moon. Yeah. But then, <laughs> but then I know they did moon and I was like, oh, and, and I loved moon. We have I actually still moon. so-called mooners. I, I picked up a hobby mooning during the pandemic. I got so bored. There were times like I would just walk around and like moon mom and dad in a house. Like don't lock me up in a house for that long because I pick up mooning as a hobby. This is why you and my four-year-old are best friends. We are. We do get along on that. I think I'm pretty sure I've mooned Duke on, on FaceTime. It's fine. He's been, it's fine. I'm 30. He's, it's fine. He's, he's moved on to pantsing now. Gelsey, get with it. Oh. Well, yeah, I'm not going to do that to the folk in the house because those are our parents. No, Gross. don't. Please. I don't even want to see that. No. Do you know what part I used to hate and then I loved and then I'm like, get out of here is stranded at the drive-in, branded a fool. Yes. Like 
And the best part is when he sings in in heaven heaven. and he sits and like points off to the side. (laughs) So awkward that it's, it's, it's poor. It's really bad. That one scene. He got really mad that they were using animation behind him and that they put screen time on the animation on the final note as well, specifically, and that it wasn't a close up on him. This is where he was a little diva. I know. John, John, stop pulling the diva card. I now I don't care if he listens in heaven. I do. Hi, John. Um, No, and he supposedly that's when he started getting into Scientology was around this time. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up in case he was listening because hi, John. Because John listens to my podcast. Hey, John. Totally. Anyways, I think he like tried to heal. Was it the director or one of the uh, crew members like hurt his foot and he tried to use like Scientology healing on it. Cool. They were like, nope. He's like, he's like using Reiki like a squash banana. Okay, wait, I've got a fun question. You have to have a boyfriend from them. What T-bird is your boyfriend? Thank you. Because that was a question that I forgot that I was going to ask you. And you just, thank you. Oh, it would have been duty. No, it would have been Kaneki. No. Okay. Okay. I'm duty. I'm duty. <laughs> You're duty. But I would have dated Kaneki in high school. I think I'd gotten fair putsy. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like just hands down. Yeah. I mean, duh. Or plot twist, Eugene. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you would have been with Eugene. Thanks, Giselle. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm like the pat. I was not a pat. No, you truly, honestly. I was I a had, Marty. No, you you truly were Marty because you would have been like, are you kidding? It's Vince Fontaine. That, yeah, that was me. I always. Marty. This is true. Okay, so this is a great. So if you close up right when um, Cha Cha, which we need to talk about Cha Cha, but. Cha-Cha and Danny, when they finish dancing and they get the award, it's born to hand jive. Oh, yeah. And everyone slides in. In the bottom right of the screen, Marty slides in. And then she eats shit and falls down and can't get up because <gasps> she was having a lot of trouble with her green what? dress and kept, like, like having problems with her boobs popping out and, like, tripping on it. And she tripped a lot. And she falls there. And so today I was like, I need to rewatch this. And I saw it. And she slides in and then falls back. And I was like, oh, my God. I have to see that. Why? I've seen this. God, it's probably been over 380 times I've seen this movie. And yeah, I, I know. And I never, never saw her noticed. fall either. She She's never in any of the dance numbers because she was a terrible dancer. So they Well, apparently Olivia Newton-John was super uncomfortable with dancing also. And then she learned what they had to learn. And then she was like, no, I think I could do this. At this part, but she really, really, I think she really was shy. Like when they do whoop, 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 the gun hands, gun hands. <laughs> Classic. Whoop, whoop, I feel like it's like, and I, I want to say that John Travolta like guided her through like, it's okay, come on. But how organic of a chemistry is that? Because that's basically their characters. That's when it's believable, right? Yeah. Two, I, I just love that. And then Cha Cha is like, let's let's talk about Cha Cha, the best dancer. So How old was she? Because she looks like she could have been our mom. Like she was twenty nine, younger than Jan. Good for her. Yeah, twenty nine. She God bombshell. I, I mean, know. Like and Danny's uncle. Like, she, like so she had a really bad. What is it called? Ec- ectopic pregnancy or ectopic pregnancy? Ectopic. She Wait. had an ectopic pregnancy. So while they were wrapping the film, and I believe it was the race that was the last thing they filmed, no. she was getting cleared by her doctor to be able to go film 
things and was in tons of pain. And right when she wrapped, oh, she went God. straight into surgery. Again, Debbie Downer, ladies and gentlemen. God. <laughs> Always here for you. Oh, you know what? Those are the facts you find because they're interesting. That oh, you want to hear another really sad one? Um, Jeff nope. Conaway, who's Kanicki, yeah. got injured while filming um, the dance number Grease Lightning. And I forget if he like pulled something. So he went on to painkillers and ended up getting addicted to them and had a huge problem. Oh, my God. Gelsey. I know I was really sad about that because I was like oh Jeff but instead of that let's go over to the Fonz almost played uh Danny Zuko Henry Winkler yeah I'm really glad that he did it because that's not the right choice no because honestly I can only I don't see him as the Fonz I see him in the water boy but me (laughs) I just keep thinking of him being like like baby talking so I can't see him as the Fonz ever so I rest my case. What's your favorite song? Like favorite, favorite. You have to pick one song. I'm not talking musical dance number, but like piece of music, like song. Oh gosh. Why I'm trying I- to think of mine as I ask you this. Cause I'm like, I don't even, what's my favorite song? Cause I like change. I'm like this one. No, but this one. I hate that it's Grease Lightning, but I think it's Grease Lightning. What a loser. But it's such a good song. It's a dirty so song, good. but. It's it's so good. Like the good hand claps and so clap 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 clap. Okay, yeah. so mine is I so only because you just said when your hands clap, I'm like, oh, I think mine's hand drive. That's a great one too. It builds. It yeah. just builds, and you and it's always it starts upbeat. My whole my whole aura and energy is like high upbeat. Like so, I just like I'm like. Like, and then, but at the end it goes and goes and it matches during the, during the instrumental break. You can just, you can, you just know exactly what's happening in the movie. So you're just like, yep, this is, it makes sense. It makes sense. I love when choreographers truly understand the assignment. Like they know the character motives and they also understand the crescendos in the music when it really builds. And it's just like, they just choreograph the shit out of it. And you're like, Boom. And it's not even choreography. It's just like the staging. Like, I don't need you to overdo it. Like, please don't 1A and a 2A and a just like hit the notes, make it look cool, make it beautiful. Like whoever choreographed that movie, that's not before our time, the Showtime one that we, the musical we love, uh, Reefer Madness, whoever choreographed that, they understood the assignment. Same way with Grease. They just, the staging is to me perfect. It, it doesn't need to be like pirouettes it needs to be everyone in unison throwing a fist in the air right and that's what you get yes totally well i think you know what we could talk a lot more about grease because there's so much to talk about but we just gave a lot of grease throw up to everybody so let's pull it in and wrap it up with a final question of how has grease affected your life how has it made you the person you are kind of hasn't no, I'm just- <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's the first time I've gotten that answer. No, how is Greece? It's just, it, it's, it's been like a standard because I have an opinion as a, well, now I can say I'm a retired professional dancer in entertainment. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm a mom and doing other things, but like, it still is a standard baseline of where I want certain things to be when I watch something. So when I was working, I always compare like, okay, if I'm in a musical, it needs to hit a certain like boom. Like it needs to be like, like nicely singing about everyone sit down, rocking the boat. Like, but it needs to have a certain choreographic element. If it's a movie to really, for me, 
hold water, right? It has to be that, it has to have a, that element of grease. The, what's the grease factor, right? If it doesn't have the grease mm-hmm. factor, my opinion of it is very low. But yeah. if it has, no, that's like, a very good, it, it gives you, yeah, yeah your, your I standard do not, of what. I do not like Les Mis because it doesn't have the grease factor. Of course it doesn't. It's not appropriate. But guess what? So Still there are grease. no jazz no, bands. No grease factor. Nope. Not interested. Boo. But it's a brilliant play. Nope, boo. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera? Nope, no grease factor. Nope, no grease factor in Phantom. Not interested. <laughs> that makes sense. I like it. What about, what about you? I would say this is one of those ones that if I really think back could be a deep-seated inception plant of my love of the 1950s. Oh, totally agree. And the style and wanting to dress and look like the pink ladies. And I was so young. It was so impressionable for me. And it just kind of makes me now I look back and I'm like, oh, wow. I love dressing up as the kind of 1950s greaser girl a lot of times. And No, dude, when the way I introduced the concept of you to strangers that I meet, like, I'm like, oh, and I have a sister. She's a pinup girl. That's how I introduce you. And I totally, no, I'm serious. Like, and I totally agree. Like- Yep, this that makes sense. Yeah, I think that definitely has. And then, of course, as dancers and performers, like you said, but it does give you a standard and gives you, you know, that excitement and kind of hope to like, I want to do that. And so it's it's just more excitement into the field and passion that we were so into. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to say that, again, the girls are supposed to be in high school, but they are women. And when you're five years old, even a high schooler is an adult to you. So they kind of showed me like what women are even though it was like a characterized 1950s over the top version, it was like, Oh, that's, I want to dress like that and look like that. And that's how I should walk and talk. And I wish, I wish I was more observant in that way because when I was impressionable, I just wanted to hang out at hot topic. Let's be honest. (laughs) Hot topic was the shit and it still is. So Giselle, you've told you're a retired dancer, but you have an awesome life. You have two gorgeous children and you post some really fun funny shit so where can our listeners find you oh really yeah well, if you if you want if you want them yeah, to see what you're totally. up to i'm on instagram you guys at uh, my username is or uh, wait no they're called i'm such a millennial like no they're called handles right okay my 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 instagram handle is called at giselle belly g-z-e-l-l-y belly I'll make sure you'll be tagged in all the uh, podcast posts on our Instagram. So that's another way that will be easy to find. But yeah, well, I'm super excited that you got to come on and be a guest. Yeah, that was so fun. I feel like anytime you're like, hey, let's talk about our favorite thing. I am always here to stare at your face and be like, dude, 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 exactly. Same brain, same brain. So, Kelsey, in the episode, you and your sister very briefly touched on something that actually when you and I hung out in person for the very first time. Yes, we did. We also talked about, which was the Grease Mega Mix from the 90s. We did talk about the Grease Mega Mix because I feel like it's impacted all of us. So, embarrassingly enough, I'm sure this wasn't the case for you because you you had a a dance mom essentially but mm-hmm. that was my introduction to Greece my entire like 
even though it was a movie that my parents grew up with, they didn't really show it to us. But that mega mix came out and was unavoidable. And that's what led to my sisters renting the movie. And I'll be honest, I kind of hated Grease for a really long time. I'm going to let that slide. Well, because I, I own it now and I enjoy it. But I think it was like I was in fifth grade. And my sisters loved the movie and watched it every single day. So it was like one of those just like, I'm so over this fucking film. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. And of course, like the girls are going to be watching it and it's just you're going to. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's understandable. But yeah, no, as an adult, you rewatch it and you're like, oh, this is like, I don't even think it's I got fun. that it was funny. It's a really yeah. funny movie. It's hilarious. Like, it's so funny. And it's just a ridiculous movie. I have a second question for you that starts with a story, because this is how deep my hatred for the movie actually ran through <laughs> all of middle school and high school. Okay. Is that my senior year, the school play was Greece. Mm-hmm. And it was the only year I wouldn't do stage crew. I refused to do stage crew you my senior be- year because it wasn't even so much because of my hatred of the musical. It was, it was a frustration of like the senior class four years prior had done Greece. Mm. And I was kind of just like, there are literally thousands of musicals. Are we really going to just do Grease every four years? Like, is that going to be the thing? And I just got so frustrated. And, you know, you're 17, 18. You're like, this will teach them. They'll say, how could Matt Kelly not do stage crew? We must reconsider <laughs> what the musical is. But, uh, you know, they just went on as as usual. And I, I did the filming of it for the TV studio. But my question for you is as big of a Grease fan as you are, have you ever been involved in any type of Grease performance, be it a singular song in a show or anything? I have to say no. I've I've definitely never done a production of Grease. And I I think one time at summer camp, I was nine and I went to my sister and I went to a two week summer camp up in the mountains that was a dance camp. And we had like a little performance at the end for our parents and we did we go together and I I want to say that's the only thing I've ever done, which is crazy because on cruise ships, they love a good medley. They love going classic, but we always did like yeah. hairspray and like Miz and we never, we never did grease. I was going to say, I just literally saw a video of you dancing to shake Sonora. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, I've done it all. I literally have done it. That's why it surprises me. And I'm trying to like go through the Rolodex of songs again real quick. That I've never done. I think I sang summer nights two weeks ago at karaoke, but I played all the boy parts. There you go. <laughs> Very I'm a good friend. There you go. That's how you do it. Yeah. Um, all right. I have one last question for all you. Right. Then. And I actually don't have an answer for this one because I don't know the, the songs that well. But do you have a least favorite song in Greece? Ooh, that's <laughs> a really good question. I would say, like, as a kid, it used to be Sandy, the, the song that Danny sings at the drive-in. But the older I got, I've actually learned to love that song in kind of like a funny way. But, and I love, no, I love all the songs at the school gym, at the dance. You know, honestly, I would say I almost We Go Together might be my least favorite. It's I, fun, but it's just so, like, I don't know. There's something kind of annoying out of all of them. <laughs> and I'm like... Okay. Is it the lamity 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 ding da bong? Yeah. <laughs> chang chang changity chang to that. It out of all of them, that might be the one that I'm gonna say. Eh. 
I'll I'll say my favorite song in the movie, and this is very on brand for for sad boy May. <laughs> um, I your 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 boy over here, producer Matt, loves himself a reprise. So Sandy's, Sandy's reprise yeah. of "Look of Me," I'm Sandra D. I love D. her reprise. It's so <laughs> like, oh, like that's that's like one where like I still will hear it and like feel it. I'm like oh yeah. Like, you gotta you gotta see. I'm not a Dancing with the Stars fan, but uh, my friend I was at her place and she loves it. This she likes um, JoJo was on it who used okay. to be like the Disney star. And she's the first contestant to do a same sex partner contestant. So there were two girls ballroom dancing through the whole season. And we sat and watched all of them and they do like a Foxtrot or something to the reprise of Sandra D and she's dressed like Sandy. And the other girl looks like she's kind of more Rizzo. And, and it was beautiful. I loved it. All right. I'm going to have to, you check have to that see out. it. It was like the most charming. I was like, Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Well, I think that that will be a fan favorite episode. Uh, just so much chemistry oozing between you so and your much sister. Energy. <laughs> so, so much. Uh, in the meantime, now that all these people are like, well, that was the best episode yet. And I'm going to tell all my friends to check out before my time. And now we've got all these new people listening because of that. Uh, and I mean, obviously, they're giving us all these five star reviews and just we're getting Thanks, all guys. this press, all these new people coming in. Eek-hoo. Where can they go to stay up to date with us, Gelsey? To stay up to date, please reach out on Instagram. Our handle is at before my time underscore podcast. And you can look on Facebook, just search for before my time and the page will come up. And there you can join the conversation for like minded people who like things that happened well <laughs> before my time. Reach out on either and all. We love to hear your comments, questions. Hopefully there's no concerns, but you know what? Shoot them at me. I'm ready. All right. We'll be back next week with more Before My Time. Bye. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I f- facing Floyd Mayweather in the f- Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 